Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Thursday, July 27th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. The St. Louis Art Museum's first exhibition of work by modern Native American artists includes contributors who moved the art world forward while remembering the past. I was looking for a way to paint that was uniquely mine, yet still alluding to the contemporary art scene. I was trying to bring everything together. Coming up, St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin will explore that exhibition. An excessive heat warning is in effect for St. Louis and Quincy until 9 Friday night. Triple-digit temperatures are forecast. National Weather Service meteorologist Melissa Bird says strong southerly winds are bringing in the hot conditions. That combined with the humidity across the region is creating heat index values that will be over 105 through tomorrow with numerous locations forecast to reach heat index values between 110 and 115 each afternoon through the early evening hours. Bird says some relief could come this weekend depending on when another weather system moves through the region. Temperatures on Sunday could drop to the low 90s. As the region deals with excessive heat, many are marking the record rains that led to devastating flooding a year ago this week. One person was killed, hundreds more were displaced. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman has more on how the area's sewer utility hopes to prevent future catastrophes. The Metropolitan St. Louis Sewer District has already identified $700 million worth of stormwater needs throughout the region. A new rate proposal likely going to voters in April would allow the utility to start chipping away at those needs. But CEO Brian Holscher says many of the areas that flooded last July were in known floodplains. There are people whose homes are going to continue flooding no matter what we do, and we need to get them out first. The proposed rate hike would also create a pot of money that municipalities could use for things like buyouts. If approved, residential rates would go up by about $25 a month. Other customers would pay based on the amount of property that cannot absorb stormwater. Voters defeated a similar proposal in 2019. I'm Rachel Lippman, St. Louis Public Radio. Missouri is sending nearly $80 million in pandemic relief funds to child care facilities accepting subsidies. Lawmakers approved the money this year to strengthen child care centers, especially those struggling to hire workers and provide services to children and low-income families. Amber Donnelly is deputy director of the nonprofit United for Children. She says the money will help centers add workers and pay more. It's something that you do because you want to be of service to your family, to your friends, to your community. But it's not something that is really a livable wage for a lot of people. The Chamber Foundation and the Missouri Chamber of Commerce and Industry say the state economy loses about $1.3 billion a year because of insufficient child care. A veteran St. Louis developer wants to transform the old Cleveland High School in Dutchtown. A city development agency has voted to authorize Chris Goodson as the site's developer. Third Ward Alderman Shane Cohn was elected in 2009, just three years after St. Louis Public Schools shuttered the building. He is cautiously optimistic and looks forward to talking to the community about the best use for the building. I am thrilled that we will be doing it with a uh, partner who is willing to do so publicly, openly, transparently um, with my neighbors and with the, the community as a whole. 
The developer envisions housing and retail at the 11-acre site, which includes the building and athletic fields. Goodson is best known for his work at City Hospital in the Lafayette Square neighborhood. A tick native to Asia is making its way throughout Missouri. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports it carries a disease that can harm and even kill cattle, putting commercial herds at risk. The longhorn tick was first spotted in southwest Missouri in 2021, but has recently been confirmed in Boone County. Rosalie Irardi is an instructor and doctoral candidate in Mizzou's College of Veterinary Medicine. She says the tick is on the move. We know that this tick is very adaptable and capable of of spreading to new areas quickly. And it's very likely that this tick is in other places as well, and it just hasn't been found or recognized in those areas yet. The pest carries a disease that can render cows anemic, limit their growth and ability to reproduce, and even kill them. Irardi says there are no known treatments or vaccines for the disease. In Rolla, I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. The St. Louis Art Museum is showing an exhibition by modern Native American artists for the first time in its history. Action Abstraction Redefined is heavy on 20th century work by artists who taught and studied at the Institute of American Indian Arts in Santa Fe. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin spoke with the museum's assistant curator of Native American art, Alex Marr. He asked Marr how artists in the exhibition participated in popular movements. As these artists were engaging with mainstream art discourses and styles, they were bringing a history of indigenous abstraction to the discourses and styles. One of the artists in the show is Neil Parsons, who's a Blackfoot artist. In this clip, Parsons talks about the source of some of his inspiration. My work has always been horizontally inspired, and I think that horizontal inspiration comes from having been brought up on the plains because... The planes are horizontal. (laughs) There always has been abstraction in in Plains Indian art. That type of uh, place-based understanding um, of abstraction came into dialogue with other notions of abstraction from all across Native North America at IAIA. One thing this exhibition reminds us is that There's no such thing as one-way cultural influence. It's always moving in multiple directions at once. And for one thing, Jackson Pollock was heavily influenced by Navajo sand painting in in developing his famous drip technique. Absolutely. And for those who don't know, sand painting is a a ceremonial practice. um, And it is created by dropping bits of sand onto the ground. And so there are artists in the exhibition, especially in the audio guide, who speak about Pollock and his debt to Diné sand painting. More broadly, though, Western, as in European and American, abstract modernism owes quite a bit to indigenous art from around the world. And and that's something that the artists in this exhibition acknowledge. Well, I love that there's a moment in the exhibition where an artist, Mike Medicine Horse Zilio, responds to Jackson Pollock. It's called The Day Jackson Pollock Became a Christian. And The artist explains that it has a small image of a cross in the foreground surrounded by streaks of color that look like they may have been applied with a drip technique like Pollock used. But if you look at it with your eyes kind of closed, it's not the drip. There's a a series of, I want to call them like shadow people that are based in there that you wouldn't see unless you, if I told you, I put those in there because what it talked about was that Jackson Pollock 
became a Christian, and I put the buckskin cross in there for Native Americans. I think that's a piece that really puts a fine point on the idea that there's a conversation happening here. One of the artists in that conversation is Kay Walkingstick. And in this clip from the exhibition Audio Guide, she's talking about her mindset as she was making work in the 1970s. I was searching for meaning in 1975, searching for a way to address my thoughts and feelings about being an Indian and about being a woman in a male-dominated art world. I was also looking for a way to paint that was uniquely mine yet still alluding to the contemporary art scene. I was trying to bring everything together. Does that resonate with the perspective of other artists in this show? Absolutely. So I think that Walking Stick sums that up from her perspective in a really beautiful way. There was an emphasis on studying past forms of Native art, not simply replicating the designs, but using the aesthetic systems as the basis for artistic innovation. And that opened the door to what we're now seeing thrive, which is the contemporary Native American fine arts movement. That was the St. Louis Art Museum's Alex Marr speaking with St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin. The exhibition runs through September 3rd. Our David Casares edited that report. Ashley Listenby is the news director of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.